So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, stupid Questions. Hello, everybody. This week, up, folks? It's for real. With T. Leak like, and like, Jag. Like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. order. I love no <laughs> Stupid Questions <laughs> show. Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is your question for today. No. Like All right. Stupid. So, question. Guys, what's the name of the show, Jay? Jack. Stupid question. Welcome to this episode. My first question is, who are you? No stupid questions. Hello, everybody. This is Jag, and we have T. Leak. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, T. Leak, how you doing today? I'm here. Good, good, good. That's part of the battle. <laughs> so, it's another episode of No Stupid Questions, the show where you have two smart people and one stupid question, one simple question, or so we thought. Stupid, but... <laughs> so we off to, off to a banner start. Here we go. <laughs> we don't know the name of our own show. It's okay. <laughs> what you got for us today, T. Lee? I have a question for you. All right. That's a start. It is. And, you know, we'll get, we'll get back to, this is your stupid question of the day. Okay. This actually might be the stupid question of the century. We'll see what happens. And that's what it's all about. Ooh. Will COVID-19 and George Floyd be the catalyst for real change? Wow. COVID-19, the pandemic, and George Floyd, who was... Is it the perfect storm? Right, right. For real change um, to happen. I guess everybody knows who, what both of those things are, so we don't have to explain that, do we? No, if they don't, I'm going to just recommend Google for you and perhaps to get out a bit more. Okay, okay. Despite, so my, <laughs> despite the lockdown. <laughs> right. The answer to, my, to that question for me is, is it aspirational or I have to give you a yes or no? I guess I have to give you a yes or no. Okay. Remember, remember, this is the show. <laughs> Two smart people. I'm not living up to my end of the bargain right now. So you can give me an out of the gate answer and then we can. I'm going to give you a no. Oh. I'm going to give you a no. I am going to be the optimist. Okay. And I'm going to say yes. Although I'm kind of scared you're going to bring me over there. <laughs> I will say. Well, see, you use that word optimist, and I've thrown that word around a few times in our shows, and I keep claiming to be the optimist, but I keep coming up with these negative answers. Um, we've swapped, tell you we've swapped on a couple of things. So I think, I think we're, we're balanced. We're okay. balanced. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yes. But, um, I mean, it wasn't an aspirational answer. Of course, I hope that it is the catalyst for real change. Amen. But um, I don't know, maybe in my half a century on this earth, almost, I'm getting a little jaded about our ability, and I'm talking to, to society as a whole, but Black people as well, to follow through with some of the initiatives, initiatives that are started. I mean, in the early 20-teens, uh, we had quite a few protests over some wrongful killings at the hands of the police and not much changed and we seem to forget about it until it happens again and again and again 
So I'm just concerned that although George Floyd has garnered a lot of attention and a lot of support for changes to be made, I'm afraid that we may have a short memory again and, and the catalyst does not prove to be a true catalyst. Change my mind. Give me some hope. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, and and let, me, let me start by saying I hear you. Okay. Uh, my, my brother. Okay. <laughs> uh, because when I did research after listening to Obama's, that, that sort of town hall that they had, that Obama did the introduction for, I looked at how many different task forces have been set up. And mm-hmm. this is at the, you know, at the federal level. So we're talking about, you know, pretty powerful leadership people. <laughs> and that, I mean, there was one, they said there was one from 1920s, I, I, like before I thought they even cared if this happened to. So now again, it, it, it didn't say what the, the triggering event was, but bottom line is it has happened. And I think it was somewhere between seven, eight or nine times. Excellent article in the Atlantic. I'll include a link in the notes for the show. Uh, so that got me really pessimistic. And, um, and my boyfriend was listening to or watching 13 about the 13th amendment. Okay. And there was a lot of talk about mass incarceration and, and we've, we've had these conversations over and over again. So it is hard to, to, uh, to believe that this will be the, the, now we, we mentioned COVID-19. Right. And, and as I thought about it, I think there's a perfect storm with COVID-19 because people are very focused and not distracted by a lot of other things. So I think that's one of the reasons why it has bubbled up so I think there may be some other catalysts that are creating this perfect storm right now. So okay. I'm going to say yes, and it, because I think it is an election year. Right. So there is a, a, a tendency for politicians to take a side. And I think it's, it's fairly easy to take a side with this. I don't think there has been... I, I also think that because of COVID-19, I think there is this groundswell and, and international people are getting involved. But I also think international people are getting involved because of where we are with their perception. Okay. Uh, the perception of the U.S. has changed. And the... Good or bad? People are more willing to criticize the U.S. than they were before, I think. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it like that. How about okay. that? And so I think all of those things, and then the election year, how people can jump on board with this and, and potentially use this to actually create legislation in order to, to, to further their whole prospects for re-election, election. I think all of that leads to a higher likelihood of things that will be put in place that will change things. Uh, I believe there have been moves to make the, the mayors commit to certain things. There have been pledges from companies for billions of dollars over a long, longer range, you know, of time. So that the, 
you know, if we can keep them accountable, I think there can be some some real change in in implementing those funds. So I will answer yes, that COVID-19 and George Floyd can be the catalyst for real change in this environment today. I think there is a real opportunity for that to take place. And um, so it, it flips me over to the yes side in being an optimist, having the same hope that you do, but also looking at that and thinking that that could really, that could really happen. So, you know, I, I, I get it. COVID-19, um, I mean, this pandemic brings a new dynamic and we don't know what the impact is going to be. Uh, one, one thing I fear is that we're not over it, first of all. Um, you know, I know the states are opening up and I think they're primarily opening up for economic reasons. And we had a show about that. So I encourage you to go back and, and listen to that show about whether or not economics trumps health ish questions for during this pandemic. Um, but I also think that's going to be a problem because people are going to have to, you know, start to circle the wagon, so to speak, and worry about their own health, worry about their own economics. And, and those concerns may outweigh their desire for social change, for just changing in the justice system. Um, you know, I think there's some tough times ahead, and I, and I just wonder if those tough times are going to allow people to focus on what needs to be done in order to, to fix the relationship between, between police and the black community or police and the justice system. So, I'm, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. And you're right. You're right. I think that I think that. Will they be the catalyst? I guess there's two questions, right? Will there be the catalyst and can they be the catalyst? And I think they can, and I think it does depend on how things shake out to your point. I think it will be interesting to see what happens. You know, I mentioned the election. I think it will be interesting to see what happens and where we are with pandemic rules and, and guidelines in November. Will we see a resurgence? Uh, I, I think that there'll be a number of things that may contribute to whether or not people get out to the polls and, and do the things that I think will be needed to, to have that real change. Now, having said that, let's, let's talk a little bit about what real change means, because we talked about it a bit on our last show where we kind of started our, our law and order series um, as it relates to, we started with uh, a highly decorated senior leader, retired <laughs> policeman from the NYPD. If you don't right. know who I'm talking about, now you know. My daddy was on that show. <laughs> and, uh, and we're excited because we're trying to get, this is my plea. This is my plea to your mama. Okay. <laughs> to get on our show. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a judge, I think she would have some valuable input and perspective on uh, where we are today. But when we talk about real change, especially as it relates to police brutality, there are a number of things that people have been proposing. And we talked a little bit about those on the last show, but what do you, what do you think real change looks like, especially as it relates to the George Floyd case and the, the bigger context within which that, that falls under police brutality? You know, I don't think that's a, that's a that's a question in and of itself that could take up many many hours of, of, of 
of talks, um, but I'll try to condense my. my <laughs> you going I'll from try. hours to what? I'll try. Let's see if I get it down. <laughs> Part of my problem is I, I actually believe that the police regime is functioning the way that the police regime was designed to function because I believe that it is complete tool, it is a complete tool of oppression um, for people not in power. Um, so you can't, to me, you can't fix that. So I guess I'm happy to hear about the talks of defunding police organizations. Um, and, and, you know, who knows what that really means, but I'm hoping that means we need to tear it down completely before we build something back up. Um, because I do think there needs to be a complete teardown in order for there to be a good relationship between the community and police. Um, and that would be real change. But real, real change has to be that, um, you know, it's from a cliche standpoint, you have to see all people as being equal um, and treat all people equal under the law. I mean, Statue of Liberty is supposed to have a a blindfold over the eyes because you're not supposed to be able to see the people and deal with them as an individual. You're supposed to deal with them as you would deal with any person um, equally, but that has not been the case in America thus far. So to me, real change would be that we, we actually slip that blindfold back over the eyes. And if you're white, black, blue or green, you get treated the same way. Um, and that's going to take a lot of work. Take a lot of work. Hopefully, that, hopefully that, we can get that, there. <laughs> I was like, well, that was short. You said a couple of hours. I thought you were going to go well, on. I, we can go on and on and on. <laughs> but we're trying well, me, to keep these shows managed. And I, 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 I will refer back to the article in The Atlantic that I read. And, and actually, I did see that Cory Booker and um and kamala harris are putting together some legislation around and i, I believe they're working actually with some some congress some uh house uh, representatives folks and so my understanding is they want to repeal the federal law around oh gosh now i'm gonna figure out who it is uh but basically i think it's a qualified violation of constitutional rights and it's sort of there's a there's a standard um within the law that i think police uh are held to that slightly differently th slightly different than others and you know you looking it up for me i'm trying to get to it you hear me typing <laughs> qualified so, immunity for police. qualified immunity yes so thank you. So there's and and you know there's a lot of legally. So you might have to you might have to help me navigate that. But but I will say that there are things that I didn't know were in place that um, really, in addition to you know the blue line that we talked about on the last uh, last show, really enable the system to not do what it needs to do in terms of creating accountability for for the for the actions of the police and so i feel like hey that's that's moving 
I don't know how many people knew about that before. I mean, clearly there are all these constitutional lawyers and, you know, uh, lawyers that know all about this, these, 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 this legislation and that it exists. And so I don't know why this has never come up before. And again, I have no idea if it has or has not. I haven't looked at the, the history. But I see things like that. And that also gives me hope because I actually read the article and then saw Cory Booker in an interview talking about this legislation that, that they would be proposing. And I was I was very glad to hear about that because that's at least one of the, you know, we have a lot of laws on the books that let a lot of things go through. So I think that's that's one of them. And that's a whole nother show we could do, too, which is the laws on the books that are not um and I'm going to use my euphemisms again, are not supportive of black folks <laughs> okay. um, that cause us to, and, and, you know, in watching 13 again or snippets of it while my boyfriend was watching, it really was interesting. Um, and, and the second thing has to do with what I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, which is kind of, kind of interesting to me. And maybe that's because people are thinking what you're thinking, Jack, which is let's throw out, Let's throw the whole basket out. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, in this, in this moment, let's say that, let those mayors not just commit to training and use of force and everything, but to look at the data, we always talk about data, as it relates to officers that have been, have, have, have complaints against them as it relates to excessive use of force already and take them out of the field. I, I, you know, again, this is something that can be done right now. These, you know, so, so for me, real change is about that too. It's about not opening ourselves up to the risk of this happening again, because that's what always happens. I mean, we know that Chauvin, which kills me because it's like chauvinist, but anyway, um, that's his name, right? <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> so I was like, when I saw that, I was like, are they kidding? <laughs> so uh, he had, I, I believe it was, I don't, you know, and again, we go back to is our other, party. yeah, I, there's so many numbers going out there, but let me tell you, it's more than two. It's more than one. So when you get to the, the threshold that he clearly exceeded, he should not be out on the frigging streets. And I tried to use my, my language so that kids can listen. <laughs> That's right. We want to keep the show for the so, kids. So for me, there are those things that can be done fairly quickly in order to, because to your, to your, your concept of dismantling and everything, I'm not against that. I just think that is something that needs to be planned out. We can't just, from a public safety perspective, we can't just stop stuff, right? So while we're planning that out, let's get rid of, these, as we said before, these bad apples that are spoiling the whole bunch. And make sure that they, when this stuff happens, they can be held accountable. And that, that federal law is one part of that. Well, it definitely starts with um, the federal law. Um, basically, qualified immunity means that you can't bring a civil case against a police officer uh, if he does something while in That's the right. line of duty. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's, and that's a powerful protection for policemen because, you know, you, you think and act differently when you realize that you can be held civilly accountable um, as well as criminally accountable. But civilly accountable, first of all, you don't need a unanimous jury as you do for uh, criminal accountability. 
and you may end up losing your house and your your financial future. So people think differently when they're confronted with that potential. So that'd be important to abolish. But you know, it, it, it's tough because, and I and I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of unions generally. Oh yeah. But the police union is going to protect their brethren, and when you have a guy with 19 complaints against him. Uh, I guarantee you his union was fighting for him to keep his standing within the police uh, organization, which is why I think this whole movement to defund the police, I think that's really one of the motivating factors behind it is we need to get some of the power away from, from these unions. Um, it's a complicated, it's a complicated problem and it's going to take some high level thinking uh, hopefully we have people in offices that can do that high level thinking. Um, in some places we don't. Uh, so make sure you go out and vote every mm. opportunity you get to vote because uh, it does make a difference. Um, so, so going back to that for a second, I, I will admit that with the political climate we have right now, it, it is an opportune time to keep these issues front and center. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to have politicians who were, I would say, a little smarter than the ones that we may have now. And they knew that there were some subjects that they needed to stay away from. Um, At least they had common sense. We won't say they're smarter per se, but. Well, no one's releasing their IQ test. <laughs> I think that'd be interesting to see. <laughs> that would be. Um, but, you know, this, this, this current regime you know, doesn't not the regime <laughs> doesn't stay away. Doesn't you know they 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 are so bold that they will talk about anything, and I actually think that's helping the climate, uh, because you know our, the you know the president now will speak out and incite people in ways that that I think other people who may have had the same views realized that they needed to be hushed on those issues. So I think that's that's on the side of everything being the perfect storm and a catalyst towards change. So, you know, sometimes good things can come out of bad situations. Right. And, and if our current president is part of the emphasis for change because people are fed up and tired of him and he keeps things front and center for us, then, then that's a good thing. Um, but again, every opportunity you can, we need to register to vote, register as many people as we can to vote, get out the vote, and 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 do that civic duty well and and uh i if if you haven't seen the town hall that barack obama did speak about policing i think there were a number of organizations mentioned that are working towards um it and and i hope to see them endorse people that are doing or have plans for things that will will create real change so i think you should get on mailing lists uh to to make sure that you're educated about who to vote for as it relates to these particular issues right and and it's um it's i, I i'm just gonna share a little something in terms of when I got to Georgia, one thing that was a stark contrast from my time in California is that California inundates you with information uh, about candidates, about propositions, about everything. When I got here, I had very little, I got very little information. 
and uh, it and it almost did seem like a CON conspiracy for real, especially when you looked at it in contrast, right, to right. California, which was information overload almost. I would rather have that as it relates to making you know educated uh, decisions with regard to my vote. So I I, I agree, Jag, that the voting is absolutely important. I know my challenge here is being getting to the right information. So I'm, I'm going to make a call to those organizations and I will actually send, you know, a letter email to them to request that they put together voter information materials so right. that we know who is for making changes that are deemed effective. I know one of the things they talked about in the Obama thing was the data and what the data shows. Well, what, 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 is, what is that and who's for that? Who's for it? And, and, you know, I mean, you can use your common sense, but at least give us the information that we know who's for what, what are they saying they're going to do so that we can use our vote very effectively. Because I think you mentioned the federal law and how it starts there, but I think people talk about all the time, all politics is really local. It's all local. That's and, right. and when we look at the police, and it's actually an interesting question in terms of the, the domain of local police. And I know uh, another thing, to be honest, my, I learned that Georgia is like, you've got, I don't know if this is the case, same case in Texas, but it's, you got the county police, you got the city police, you got the sheriff, you got the, so there's often sort of, you got to figure out whose turf it, turf it is and overlap. Okay. Yeah. So it's, right. it's very confusing. So from a, from a funding perspective, I don't know exactly how that works either. So am I paying for all these people that overlap on my, you know? Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's yeah, a problem. dollars at work. Right. So, you know, think, think local. I know um, I'm also a big fan of uh, John Oliver and his show last week tonight. He's done a, um, he's done a great job of highlighting what things can be done. So I would encourage you to look at, he did a show on what sheriff's responsibilities are, how most of them run uncontested. Um, and yet they are responsible for a, for making policy around how law enforcement carries out their jobs in your local area. So those things are really important for us to, to and I know we just had one, you know, in my, my county, I know we had election for sheriff. So those are the types of things, sheriff, district attorney, um, those are really important district in terms of how they plan to, bring, how, what, cases yes, what cases they bring, whether or not they will charge certain people. I mean, we had, and, and actually um, in another county, which we didn't get one here, but in another county in Gwinnett County, they actually did have um, all of the candidates and they called it and, and um, the, um, the uh, ACLU was a part of putting together information that had all the key questions that you might ask, how they felt about marijuana, how they felt, and that was both the district attorney and the sheriff from a law enforcement, so the kind of law and order um, right. sort of combination, and I found that so useful. They didn't do it for my county, so, so those are the kinds of things that I think we need to ask for from the organizations that are taking a lead in this. And I, I hope that we can see more of that. Um, the last thing is because politics is local, 
I do not know. I mentioned at the top of the call that there were task forces that were done at a federal level. What states, what cities, what counties have done task forces? I don't even know if Minneapolis um, had one, if Ferguson did, I, I think there was a DOJ report on Ferguson, but again, the local folks are responsible for it. So, you know, I mean, I've, I'm sure there's times when they're like, we ain't checking for the, the feds. We gonna do it the way we gonna do it. And so if you don't see that happening, that's what we need to advocate for. And I guess I'll say this, I, I have this argument with my boyfriend all the time, but more of us need to run. I mentioned sheriff's, sheriff's um, offices go uncontested. That's not, it's not acceptable that we just have to take what we, what, what we get. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, if anybody's thinking about running for sheriff, one of the other things that was mentioned in the John Oliver show about it was that sheriffs actually, I believe they have access to funds that they don't spend. Now reform might change that, but hey, Here's another reason why maybe you should run. You know, there's, there's potential residual funds that you could just kind of shake, you know, take off the counter into your bag. So um, I say that I say that I say that partly in jest. Yeah, let's not put the public funds <laughs> in your own bag. That's, that's not but what that's, you're talking but about. But that, but that, well, that is an issue with well, the, the office and the way it's structured. And, and, and so again, I'm just, I, I, these are all the things we need to think about is right. who's running, what are we doing locally around task forces, et cetera. And then yes, who are we voting for? And do we have the information we need to vote appropriately? So you said a lot there. Um, yes, I did. I'm going to take a break. I would, you, a lot I would love to, to touch on. I'm, I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> oh God. But, did you um, take notes? I did take some notes. One thing I wanted to go back to is this environment that COVID-19 um, and George Floyd created or, or helped foster, let's put it that way. Um, first of all, I think record numbers of people were at home, record number of people who were paying attention because they couldn't go to social gatherings, they couldn't go to their jobs. Um, so record number of people saw what I call the lynching of George Floyd. Um, and, and to me, it was every, every, every bit of lynching uh, with the use of a knee instead of a noose. Mm. And even they sound, start off sounding the same. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I actually watched any of the, the other high profile actual killings that were caught on tape. Um, but for some reason, I sat down and watched the George Floyd lynching. And um, it, it, it was moving. It was, it, was, it was startling. And I can't say it was more um, traumatic than the other ones, but it, it, was, it was about as traumatic as it could be. And so I think that did capture a lot of people's imagination um, or, or nightmares. And, and so therefore, um, it, it, in, from that standpoint, it is a good catalyst from change. Um, and I also said I, there's a lot of pain and suffering still to, to be had, unfortunately, with COVID-19. Um, if that pain and suffering is not debilitating and doesn't distract people from their social justice causes, it could be another catalyst for, for change. So um, I guess it, it could happen. And I could have a yes answer like you had. <laughs> 
Um, but there's still more to be seen. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I watched the Georgia elections and the long lines of people that stayed out four and five hours in lines just to go cast their vote um, because of probably um, mismanagement of the, of the precincts in Georgia this past week. Um, we can't let that deter us from voting. Um, we need to work at fixing that problem. And I'm glad we saw it now and not for the first time in November, because hopefully, you know, if the, if the government won't do their job, hopefully, you know, organizations will help in solving that problem. Well, well, and let's, let's just, just to put a little, um, underline on what you're talking about with COVID and voting. So how many people and I don't know the answer to this, this is, I'm putting this out there. How many people were able to stand online for hours because they weren't working or they were working from home? Right. Or so, so again, you know, you have this perfect storm of, I can do this because of this situation, but I normally would have to have, you know, been in person at work or other. So I, I think it's actually interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but to that point now, again, do I think that that's, you know, the, <laughs> don't get me started on elections and election day. Maybe we could do something separate on that. We probably but, need to. <laughs> we'll add that to the list. Uh, this is part of our, so when we have the summit, the, the No Stupid Questions Summit, <laughs> we can... So anyway, I wanted to just emphasize that. So go back to what you were saying about hopefully it'll be fixed in November. Right. Um, because, you know, it's, we can't allow anyone who is inclined to vote the way that we want them to vote um, to be deterred from going out and, and making the effort to cast their vote. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I wish um, everyone voted people who agree with my views and people who don't agree with my views. I wish That's we had a democracy. I wish we had 100% participation yes. because yes. that is the only way to really understand what the people want and, and, and for the democracy to work. Um, this whole thing of 22% of Republicans voting and, and winning an election because only 21% of Democrats voted, I, I, think, is, I think is garbage. Uh, and, and that's something we need to fix as a society as a whole. But getting, getting back to, because you know, we've, we've been almost <laughs> 30 minutes now, and um, I don't know if I convinced you, and I'm, I don't think you've convinced me. You uh, said you might be. I'm hopeful. It could be. No, I'm you hopeful. said it could be a catalyst. That was your last summary. I thought you were you were half of the way here. I'm I'm probably I'm 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 probably half the way, but I'm not all. <laughs> um it'd be nice if we didn't need that catalyst. It it would be nice if we woke up and understood that there was a problem. Um and and Jay. made efforts to fix the problem. Do you want to go down the it would be nice path? Really? <laughs> you really want to go down that path? It's I'm not Christmas to, time. Huh? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just it's June. We're a long way from even Christmas. Even then, yes. Santa, there's certain things Santa don't do. Well, uh, I, so I, of course, agree with you. It would be nice. Looking at where we are, though, I am glad that there is 
the amount of outrage, the broad coalition of outrage. And I, I think there, there was someone who said it, and I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about how the, you know, in order to convince non-Black people to come out, and maybe even potentially some Black people, there was going to have to be something so horrific. Right. So I think George Floyd was it, and the fact that everyone could see it and was home and saw it probably a million times and heard all of the details. And, and I think that did create this, this perfect storm that is, is different. I mean, at least again, I, I haven't been here for all the lifetimes of, of task forces and all that stuff, but it is, it does feel different in this moment. And I think that again, this year, Lord knows everybody's been talking about this year. 2020 is not what anybody thought it was going to be in every way, shape, or form, whether it's COVID-19 or the, the, the George Floyd lynching. Uh, and I, it, it chokes me up to say the word lynching, actually, so you have to um, forgive me. I entirely agree with you, but it, it, the, that word actually has so much, um, I, it triggers so much for me. Um, so anyway... I think that 2020 is not what people thought it was going to be. And um, I hope that the end of the year with the elections that we have, we all take that opportunity. Jack, I would look, it would be nice if it was a hundred percent turned out like you said, I'm gonna add that to the, it would be nice list. I hope hope for something we can, we can turn it around at the end of this year and see those types of things happen that show that we all have a renewed energy around our democracy. And that's, like you said, people that agree with us and people that don't agree with us, but all of us need to come out. And, uh, and I would, I would, that, that would be real change. So I don't know if any, you would ever hear that on any show where people are, encouraging people that agree with them and people that disagree with them to participate in the process. But um, you get that kind of realness on no stupid questions. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. So the call to action, don't forget, remember what you saw, Uh, protect yourself in this pandemic and um, keep your energy towards the change that we need. To be and, a better community. And, and feel free to communicate with, with us, with these organizations that are taking the lead, and make suggestions. Be proactive. Play, play your role. Voting is, is just one. And, and I, you know, we were about to wrap up, and I just had another. <laughs> well, let's just keep it going then. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I also was reading that it, it, it is going to be exhausting. And Black folks know this. It's, it's exhausting to educate, to, to, to tell people about how this feels. To, but it is absolutely critical that we speak up, but also that we listen. And that we do both with humility, uh, with gentleness, and with 
a an, an eye towards real change. And that is not going to happen if we just come for each other. So, you know, protect yourself, certainly, but realize that we are all going to be a part of this change. And, um, and we all are going to have to put forth a little extra effort. Certainly from a Black folks perspective, during the civil rights, if our parents, grandparents hadn't gotten out, hadn't marched, hadn't gotten hosed down, hadn't been chased by dogs, hadn't been jailed, hadn't been killed. So we can do a little, little extra. That's right. That's right. So my great grandmother used to say, her prayer used to be, um, and by the time I was, was cognizant of who she was, she was, she was a blind old lady. Uh, but her prayer used to be, Lord, don't move the mountain. Just give me the strength to climb. Ooh. So that's okay. what I, And I, I think her prayers were answered in Black people. I think we have the strength to climb these mountains. So we just need to get to climbing. Yeah. Uh, perfect, perfect ending. Y'all take care. No stupid questions. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs>